This is Rilo's Quack Chat. As a coal maker, I enjoy talking shop with other duck call makers. On this podcast, it's all about duck calls and duck hunting. From the marsh to the duck call shop, we're going to find the story behind the duck calls and the people that make them. This is Rilo's Quack Chat. Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Riley Hendrickson with Rilo's Quack Chat, talking about duck calls, duck hunting, duck decoys, and most of all, the story behind the duck calls and the people that make them today. Man, I have an awesome guest on at 16. He has done, oh my gosh, so many things. He just won the Grand National Youth Call Maker at NWTF. He went. He won. He was the first to win two categories this year. He also partnered with Ron Davis in a call collab competition. His calls are at Simmons Sporting Goods, and at 16, he can blow a duck call like none other. And he is an entrepreneur at 16. And like I said, he can blow a duck call. Uh, can we hear a sample, Grant? Yeah. Yep, and that's Grant McDougald, sir. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, the duck call was breaking up a little bit, but, man, you can definitely hear you wailing on that thing. I mean, uh, man, I'm just going to say it. Every time, like, for the last... Since you went to uh, the Worlds, is it me or have I been hearing you run a routine every time you do a sample? Are you preparing for that in the future? Yes, um, I am <laughs> starting to street call. Um, I probably spend more time blowing routines uh, now with competition calls than I do blowing or tuning my calls. Um, now, is that a good or bad thing? Probably a bad thing, but you got to practice somehow. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, we'll get to it here in a little bit, but, I mean, real soon, um, what, in the in about a week, two weeks, um, you'll be going head-to-head with someone in the Callmaker shootout. I mean, how do you feel about that? How, how do you feel about the uh, names on the bracket so Pretty far? Pretty good. Um, there, you know, there's a couple names uh, in here that we had last year that were – uh, really, really good, and did really, really well. Um, and then there's also some new guys. I'm excited to see how it turns out. Uh, last year, I, I think I entered it right after I first started making calls, and actually did a whole lot better than I expected. Um, but I got a new, new tomboard jig in about a week ago, and so I'm prepared and ready for this one. And I mean, what what were you? 15 years old? Yeah. And yeah, you went? Yeah. Go ahead. I was, I just turned 15 in November and we started this contest in March. Yeah. And you went up against Waylon Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went up against Rusty. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, it, it was, I mean, 
you you got you got an opportunity that a lot of people don't have to go up against two of the most decorated call makers. I mean, it, it was oh, a cool sure. experience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think I got the against Waylon. Uh, I remember I broke my cork tab off. Uh, it was it was pretty even because Waylon screwed his insert up. Yeah. Uh, so he built two inserts and. He built a barrel and two inserts and completed a full, amazingly sounding call in an hour. Um, and I broke my cork tab off and CA glued it right back on there and managed to only lose by half a point. So I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. Now, I don't remember like how the comp, the competition with Rusty went down. I don't remember how that one went down. Uh, the competition with Rusty. Let's see. What did I build? Um, I built a maple burl barrel with an African blackwood insert. That's uh, right. It went, it went very well. Um, uh, he managed to somehow in an hour throw seven inlays behind his band. Um, so that edged him over. Uh, Scoring-wise, judges told me that looks... And sound, um, I had the contest one, but they were just so impressed with the fact that I was too, that he put seven inlays into a call under an hour. I, I was shocked. Yeah. Yeah. R- Rusty, Rusty last year, I mean, he, he beat me, then he beat you. Um, did he beat anyone else? I think after you, he got beat by Waylon. Uh, it was either Waylon or Casey. I can't remember which one. No, Waylon beat him, and then uh, he, Waylon and Casey went head to head. Yeah, that's right. Waylon won it. Yeah. No, Rusty actually beat himself. He dug into his blank too too fast. That, yeah, that's right. He blew it up. Yeah. Now before we'll we'll come back to this, but Grant, I mean. You started making duck calls of 15. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, when did you start duck hunting? When did you get into it? Uh, let's see. How old was I? So my uh, my nana, uh, my grandma's dad, actually was a big duck hunter um, down in South Arkansas, hunted Felsenthal. Um and actually hunted with Phil Robertson and a bunch of people like that. But other than him, uh, nobody in my family's ever really been big duck hunters. Um, we were all originally from South Arkansas, and I think it's about to be 11 years ago we moved up here to Greenbrier, uh, Central Arkansas. And it was not long after we moved up here uh, with Dad's new job that he got invited by some work buddies to go on a hunt. Um and they went hunting. Well, uh, they invited him back like a week or two later and told him, like, hey, bring your son over here. I was either seven or eight at the time. Um, so that was my first hunt. It was down in Biomeda and Stuttgart uh, at a big blind. And it was it was a pretty good time. And I've kind of been hooked ever since then. That's awesome. And how do you know how old you would have been? I think I was seven or eight. Really? Wow how yeah, I, how how old were you? So were you seven or eight when you shot your first bird? Uh, your first duck? 
I don't think I shot one in the first. So that year, uh, my first year, I went like three or four times. Okay. I shot at a bunch. I don't think I killed one. Um, I think it was nine when I killed my first one. And what was it, Mallard? I believe so, if I remember right. I think it was a hen, to be honest. Nice. Nice. Did you Were you able to get out and uh, do some hunting this year? Yeah. Yeah, we... Um, we we didn't start hunting heavy. Um, I I was at Worlds and Stuttgart uh, for the calling contest and stuff like that. I didn't compete, um, but I was just there for the event. Uh, most of November, I was getting ready for that, so I hunted once or twice in November. Um, but then into December and throughout January, we we hunted quite a bit. Yeah, wasn't there a uh, call making competition at Stuttgart this year? There was. Um, it was. It's actually the world call making competition. Um, it's it's every year they they base it off of someone different. Um, mm-hmm. So this past year it was over uh, chick majors. So what the guys competing had to do uh, was build a call that is their tone board, but it's resembled off of a chick majors Dixie Mallard call. Wow! Did you make one? I didn't. I wasn't able to get them done in time uh, between orders and getting ready for the event and everything like that. Um, but I, I do plan to compete this year. Nice. Nice. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The So, I mean, what was what was it like just to go and watch the Worlds? Was it awesome? Yeah, that was – it was actually my first time to go. Um, and I'd, I'd already had it in mind that I wanted to – that I wanted a competition call, mm-hmm. um, but I'd never, I'd seen a bunch of videos and I've went to a regional contest or two, but I've never been to worlds. Um, so I got the opportunity to be there every day, uh, to see the Arkansas state qualifier, last chance regional intermediate worlds, all that. Um, and then got to see all three rounds in the final, uh, of the big, big worlds and see Seth win it and all that. So it was super cool. Yeah, uh, man, Seth Fields was just perfect this year. It was unbelievable yeah. to watch. Yeah, he, uh, he he's really good. He, he's got several titles under his belt in a uh, meet and live duck contest. So to see him, see him finally get one in, in World Main Street. Very, uh, we were all pretty stoked for him. Um, blowing a small shop call too. He was blowing an RM Trinity. Really? Yeah. That that is one of Stump's calls, isn't it? Yep. And not not a ton of people know this, but uh I'm actually gonna be competing and calling for Stump. I'm gonna be using an RM. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, and Stump, man, he, he went how many uh things how many categories did he win at the NWTF this year? Uh, I'd have to look. Let me go back and double check um, and see just how many different divisions there were. Um, but I know in Division Four, which was hunting duck, I think he won every single division. Let me see: one, two, three, four, um, five. Well, I lost count. He won almost every single uh, division minus amateurs. He didn't didn't compete in amateurs, but he won two, three, four, uh, five, six, 
seven, eight. So he won eight divisions. Um, Holy all moly! Of he, he some of some of them uh, he didn't do. So like the open working decorative duck and goose call, uh, he didn't enter into that. He didn't enter any whistles. I don't believe uh, no goose calls. So spec and short read Canada were out of that out of that number, and I don't think he had a match set. Um, but he got second in the CNC duck calls, uh, one open duck call, uh, working open call, working acrylic call, working wood call, um, the antler call, the Fordite call, and the Grand National Champion of Champions. So he did pretty good. That's incredible. And you got to meet him, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, uh, we let's see. I talked to him a lot. Um, I, was, I was fortunate enough for him to blow my new call um, off my new jig and give me his opinions on it and just uh, kind of give me some tips and things to change and things he liked. Uh, and so then I got to talking to him more and blowing calls, blowing calls over there and was actually running some routines on a Trinity that he had uh, built there. And he came up to me and talked to me and told me that he wanted me to call for him. So that, that kind of sparked that. That is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Now, Grant, I keep hearing about something that was at the NWTF, and what is this about Nathan Talley walking around with this call in his pocket? What's the deal with that? So Nathan Talley has something new in the works. Um, it's, I believe it is the same tone board as his original, but the exhaust, actually, no, the tone board's a little bit different. Uh, if I remember right, but it's bored out different. Uh, so the drill depth is different, the exhaust is different, everything like that. And man, it is an absolute runner of a call. Really? Yeah. It. I mean, it's it's really good. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, what is it? What's the experience at NWTF? I mean, are you walking through and you just see like all these guys that? You just see on call nuts all the time and some of these people like samples and just walking around or what is it like? Yeah, that I mean it's literally it's that's basically what it is. They're walking around and I mean everybody's everybody's a normal person, right? I mean we all we all look up to those guys and everything, but they're walking around hanging out. Um right. and there's a big building it's got some of the exhibitors but it's also got uh the stage for the auction um i was fortunate enough to be able to blow and demo all of the calls that were in the live auction this year um but it's got all of that and then it had all of the duck goose turkey calls every call that entered into the contest um out on tables throughout there where people could go by look at them blow them do whatever so that's what uh, a lot of guys, including myself, were just kind of hanging around there, and people were blowing each other's calls. And it's a it's a really neat thing um, just to get to meet some of the people like Stump that I've never met before. Um, mm -hmm. Sample, guys like that. Um, I'd already met at Callapalooza and some other places. Um, but like Mike Stelsner, uh, Will Shelley, some people like that, I was fortunate enough to meet for the first time here and, and was super happy about that one. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, man, you've been so busy this la for the last year. Oh my gosh. I was I was going through uh your Facebook um profile and trying to get notes and stuff. Man, I mean, whew, 
I mean, what, when did you put your uh, start putting your calls into uh, Simmons Sporting Goods? Oh, uh, let me think of August 28th. That is the day that I first first put them in there. Wow. Wow. At so 16, that's just crazy. I was 15 when I put them in there. Wow. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, when you left NWTF, um, jumping back to NWTF, I mean, did you leave pretty inspired? Did you get have some ideas after leaving there? or? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, going through, I mean, I bet you I got 100 different um, or more than that people to people to blow my blow my new call um mm-hmm. off the got a bunch of calls with me uh, i think i had 10 with me sold all 10 uh the people around there so i was pretty excited about that but a lot of a lot of the guys like stump uh mike stelsner will shelley ken Eason, like a bunch of the guys uh were looking at it and giving me some opinions uh, i know andrew Haddon did um but then also a bunch of people that were uh not call makers they're just on the call nuts page uh reached out to me and wanted to wanted to come up and, and say hello and blow some of the new calls and ended up getting some. So I met a ton of people, uh, got some good opinions on the call. Um, excuse me. I was, uh, I went to Brent Hoover's, uh, carbon and painting seminar, um, and learned a lot of things about, you know, basket weaving calls, how to set mm-hmm. it up, um, and everything like that. So yeah, I've, I've definitely got a lot of things to, to play around with and try to hopefully really improve, uh, the looks and sound uh, of my calls over pretty soon. Nice. Yeah, it was funny, like, uh, over the last couple days since NWTF, I've been seeing the uh, G&M calls that people have been posting that they got from you down there. Uh, A mutual friend of ours posted a picture, I think it was today or yesterday, Andrew Sedevi. Is it Sedevi? I don't know if it was Andrew. I, I think Andrew Billu, uh, he bought one from me. No, Billu, Billu, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've known him for a while. Uh, this was actually NWTF was the first time that I got to meet him in person. Um, but I, I've been talking to him since probably May of last year. Um, so yes, it was Billu, not Sedevi. My bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're good. Uh, he got... He got a call from me, and uh, I bought one. I bought one from him over there too. So kind of like a kind of like a call trade. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it, it was super cool to finally get to finally get to meet him. Man, I'll tell you what. For an LA, his call can ring, can it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. I with his LA tone board, it was pretty impressive to see him make that. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and he actually t- talking to him today. He's sending an insert off to be jig, sending it to Webfoot tomorrow. Oh, he's, he's going a- back to J Frame. Uh, he's he's doing both. Uh, he's wanting to get back into doing more J Frame stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you know that's kind of kind of what he, that's that's been his goal is design a design a really good one uh, mm-hmm. from the start. He's kind of going back and put more time into that right now uh gonna get back on the la uh la train before too long though yeah 
Yeah, the um, I mean that's the that's the thing with these competitions. You have to have a J frame. I mean that's just the standard. That's I mean J, J frame frames can ring on the top and the bottom. I mean that that's just what you have to make if you want to do these competitions and stuff. Yep. So, um, so yeah, Grant. So what? Let's talk about the Callmaker Shootout. Who do you think you can take on and beat in this thing? What What do you think? Um, uh, that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of really, really good people here. Uh huh. Um, but I don't know that I would say. I mean, you can really do anything that you want. Put your. I mean, if you really, you know, you try hard for it. And all of that. Um, so I'm not gonna, you know, everybody, everybody that we're going up against is really, really good. Um, I'm just gonna trash talk Rusty because Rusty's a big, he's a big trash talk guy. Um, and and me and Rusty have got some history, so I think I can absolutely waylay Rusty this year. But uh, <laughs> but there there's some guys that I, I don't know that I would wanna wanna go up against. Um, Jake Whiteside is. Very, very good call maker. Um, Sean Lynn makes one heck of a call. Um, I, I got to blow a bunch of his at, at uh, NWTF, and of course, nobody wants to go against Waylon. That dude can. It, it's it's pretty amazing what he can do in an hour. It is. It is. And man, I've I am trying to get some. We need five more people. I don't know how y'all talked me and in jumping back into this thing, um, <laughs> but. I think that was John Stevenson's. Uh, I think that was his thing to get me back in there. But uh, yeah, we need five more. So I'm. I'm. We need. If someone's listening to this, Grant, why, why should they jump in on the Callmaker Shootout? It is a very. It's stressful. I will say this: it is very stressful. Um, but. Once it's over with, not only the build. Now I'll I'll start from the beginning. The build up to it is hilarious, right? So you got guys just trash talking each other, and you know I'm gonna do this and that, and win this and this and here and there, and um, so it, it's super funny. Um, especially like I know Rusty and Sean Lynn are going back and forth talking to each other, and and so that's super entertaining. But man, it is it is fun. It, it's but it, you pretty much get to see what you can do in an hour um and it's actually really impressive um once you after the contest when you look back you're like wow i just built that dog call in under an hour um so it, it, it's a super fun thing to do um you know i jumped into it uh not even a full month after i designed my first ever tone board so it was very stressful for me um but it's it's super challenging, but it's also a really really fun thing to do. Nice, nice, yeah. It um, it's like you said, man. It is stressful that hour. Isn't it amazing how fast it goes by? It is crazy. <laughs> you're you're working and did you do what i did too like you start on the insert first because i mean the barrel's a no-brainer uh i don't think so i think i went ahead and got my barrel done and that way i could check my overhead and everything like that of my insert um but i think what i did was i turned my insert tenon down first 
Mm. Well, I drilled tank, and then I turned my insert tin in first, and then I turned my barrel, then turned the insert, drilled it, and cut it, tuned it, and all that. See, I, I did a. It wouldn't be cheating because I didn't use it, but I did my insert, and then I had a call barrel up on the shelf that I just threw on it just to get quacks out of it, just to make sure it worked. Then I used. Then I went to my barrel. Oh yeah. Yeah, you've. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you do this too, but whenever I'm like working on inserts, I have like one go-to barrel that's the size that all the others are, and I'll just throw my inserts in and just quack, 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 good, throw it in a box, and this I've just got that barrel that I'll just, you know, it will be my uh, insert tester. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. You do you have one of those laying around? Usually, I use one that's all nicked up that I can't sell. Yep, mine actually is a crosscut hedge. <laughs> I don't know why, but anytime <laughs> if I if if I'm for some reason like tuning on a flat jig, if I'm tuning one to a barrel or whatever, and I just can't get it to sound right, I'll throw it in that hedge call, start playing with it. It'll tune it, get it sounding amazing. I'll throw it back. In the in the barrel it was intended for, I'm like, whoa! There's something magical about that barrel. Nice, nice. Yeah, the um, yeah, Rusty keeps talking about uh, flat jigging. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't I, know if it can be done in an hour. I think it. Uh, I think it. Mm, I don't know. If you give me an hour now, so I flat jigged except for about a week and a half, two weeks ago when my jig came in. Mm -hmm. I flat jigged every single call that came out of my shop until uh, about mid-September, early mid-September. I think I sent off a successful insert number either 62 or 63, um, but I bet I've made over 100. And some of them I can probably go back now that I know what I know and fix them and make them sound good. Um, But I think if I had about an hour and a half, uh, time-wise, I could pull off a flat jig cut. Yeah. Yeah. It, but, um, go go ahead. I, in an hour, I mean, it's possible, but for me, it is stressful enough already having a jig. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about trying to flat jig one in an hour. Now, if it's something, if if I were to make it to the final round, maybe like all right, final round, you got an hour, you have to flat jig it. I'm gonna do everything it takes to get that call to sound right. Um, but I think if if it really needed, to be, I could do it. Mm-hmm. I could do it a whole lot better and if I had a little more time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, the the line was breaking up a little bit, so we had to jump back in and redo things, but. Uh, yeah, Grant. I mean, um, the competition. I, it's 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 going to be good. I mean, um, I, are, are you like this? I don't know if you did what I did, but did you like lay out all your tools ahead of time just to make sure, like, okay, I'm going to do this at this time and all that good stuff. Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't the neatest thing ever, but I basically had everything that I needed in order from start to finish. So, like, I had, uh, like, drill bits set out to drill the blank and then have my chisels laid out and uh, tape measures, 
pins, everything I needed to do, inserts and all that. And then sandpaper in order, like grit order, lowest to highest. Like I tried to have it to where literally all I had to do was reach over and grab it and just go down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, have you tried to pull the Wayland and use a uh, vice grip with uh, a, dr- a, a drill bit with vice grips yet to no. bore out? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, they, they make drill trucks for a reason, and I'm going to stick with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah th- that guy he's just crazy man and how many hundreds of calls has he turned that way it's just crazy oh yeah yeah he he uh he flat jigged calls for i think he said like nine years straight before he ever got one jigged oh my gosh yeah so i mean he i don't know a- anything could happen man i mean he you never know. He could go out in the first round. And don't forget, we also have Joey D'Amico in there. Yeah, I'm I'm not too excited about that one. Joey is a very, very good call maker, and his calls sound absolutely amazing. Yeah, and so. he was the wild card. He just came back with a vengeance last year, and it was just awesome to watch. Yeah, he, he was he's he's a very, very good call maker. Yeah, yeah. That now that mesquite call he made last year that literally could have been if you would have put that picture in the back of like a delta or ducks unlimited magazine i would i i wouldn't have thought any different i mean it literally looked like it should have been in a magazine yeah yeah that was that was an incredible call yeah so <clears throat> Grant, so I mean, you're we're going to be doing this callmaker shootout. I mean, are I? I'm assuming you're getting ready to. Uh, you're probably every day running through routines, and you're probably going to uh, start trying to get into some qualifiers this year. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're coming up really fast. Uh, there's there's one down uh, in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, March the 10th. I don't think I'm going to make it to that one. Uh, most of the ones that I'll probably start being able to run are going to be in probably July, August. Um, that That's when most of them are going to be is probably June through September. Um, there's one last chance regional at uh, Worlds on November the 25th or 6th, I believe. Um, but the Arkansas State Qualifier is in August. Um, Cash River Regional, St. Francis, uh, a bunch of the Arkansas contests are in August. Uh, let's see. I plan to blow in the uh, Ronnie Raggio Regional in, in uh, Mississippi. Um, I believe it's sometime in September. So, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be a pretty stacked schedule for sure. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So, man, what was, I, I mean, you're, you're a guest, so, I mean, I've got to ask you the last three questions, right? But before we get there, um, I mean, what, was there anything else you wanted to talk about real quick? Or uh, what, what, what can we expect from GMN, G&M calls in the uh, future? Um, there, there's, some, there's some things coming. Uh, I will say that. Um, uh, within the next year or two, I plan to have a main street call designed and, and uh, in the works. Uh, um, I get a lot of questions about cutdowns, uh, the, the thoughts of that. 
uh, I, I plan to start designing one. I'm um, already cutting some keyholes from people and, and kind of learning what does what with those. Um, so so that's that's going to start pretty soon. Um, but right now, I just, you know, I got, got the new jig in uh, a week or two ago. So cutting calls off of that and getting more orders in uh, every day, keeping keeping Simmons Simmons stocked up on calls and basically just seeing where this whole where this whole thing goes. Awesome. Awesome. And if someone wants to get their hands on a G and M duck call, how can they get one from you? Uh just shoot me a message on Facebook. Um Facebook, Instagram, um let's see. I have a Facebook page called GM Custom Calls, um, or you can just go to my Facebook page, uh, Grant McDougald. Just shoot me a message on there. Uh, tell me what you're looking for, and and I'll get you get you lined up. Or like I said, just go to uh, GM Custom Calls on Instagram, and uh, you can find me there. Uh, my phone number is in my Instagram bio, so just shoot me a text or call me or send me a DM, and and we'll get you get you straightened up. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Grant, are you ready for the last three questions? I believe so. All right. If you could go back to any hunt and do it all over again, what would it be? Any hunt, do it all over again. Um, So it was January the, seemed like it was like the fourth, something like that, two years ago. Um, we were over there in just outside of Searcy, close to Raft Creek, on some private lands, um, and we shot a six or seven man limit um, by seven fifteen, and it was all green head and two bull pintails. Mm. Um, so that that was probably the best hunt that I've been on uh, in a long time. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, if you could hunt in a blind with three other people, um, if you could go on a hunt with three other people, uh, I mean, legends, friends, family, who would be? And you can throw in a dog if for bonus points. Uh, that's a great, great question. Three people. Uh, one, I'm probably going to have to say is Butch Richback. Uh he, you know, the amount of people that learn how to build calls, uh, just directly from him, mm-hmm. um, it is crazy. And he did a lot of very, very good things for Rich and Tone and really got that thing sparked and rolling. Um, so I'm going to say Butch Rich and Pack, um, Chick Majors and Alvin Taylor. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That would, uh, yeah. I would love to hear the, uh, call sample from that blind. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, it would it, that would be something special. Um, being able to share a blind with those three, um, dog, I'm not sure. I, I just some kind of good good trained dog. Um, yeah, just whatever. Awesome. All right, and the final question: If you could stand over the shoulder and watch a a uh, call maker turn a call, um, any call maker of all time, legend living deceased anyone who would be oh that is a hard question uh, honestly after nwtf this year 
talking with him a lot, seeing what he can do, blowing his calls. Um, I would love to go watch Ronald Lawn, a.k.a. Stomp of RM Custom Calls, build a completely hand-turned, finished tune, but build a either RM Trinity or Cold Weather fan. Man, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. Well, Grant, thank you so much for calling into the podcast. And, man, it's it's been awesome. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. Well, just stay on the line and I'll close it out real quick. Works for me. All right. So, everybody, that was Grant McDougald. If you are looking for a – if you want to get a duck call from him, look for GNM duck calls on facebook and yeah those his new jig sounds fantastic i mean it sounds really really good so uh get with him um and also just keep your eye out um on some of these competitions because i mean i've heard him call and it is ridiculous at 16 so he um he's making some really cool waves at just 16 years old so it's really cool to watch um so yeah so till next time this is riley hendrickson with rilo's quack jack <laughs>